Hello and welcome back to the Vol Report Show. I'm Ryan Sylvia, joined by Noah Taylor. We are with VolReport.com on the Rivals Network in Tennessee. Football is preparing for a Citrus Bowl appearance against Iowa, while the basketball team is getting out of conference play, kind of wrapped up as they near the New Year's, near conference play. And they are ranked the 12th team in the country right now. So two really solid programs here in Knoxville. We're going to talk about both of them today on this edition of the Vol Report Show. But let's start with football. The transfer portal has officially opened up, and we've seen an influx of players enter and a couple make their decisions so far. For Tennessee, a couple key pieces on that defense have decided to enter their name into it, mainly Tyler Barron, defensive end for Tennessee. His name is in the portal for the second time in his career after he's kind of flirted with that a few times uh, previously. And then in the defensive backfield, you have Marion McDonald, Danico Slaughter, as well, as well as a couple other guys who are planning on leaving. So defensive backs, there's been a lot of them. Are you concerned with the number of defensive backs that are leaving? Yeah, I mean, I think from the standpoint of who they're losing, I don't think it's a major concern. Um, obviously, look at guys like Danico Slaughter, Tamari McDonald. You know, they've played a lot of football. They have a lot of experience. So, so you do lose that experience and you do lose depth. Um, but I don't see anybody in the secondary that that has left where you're like, that, that's too big of a void to fill or anything like that. I, I do think you get some good pieces back. Um, I, I believe Gabe Judy Lale ha has another year uh, nice. at least. And, you know, he had a solid season, kind of came along or came on pretty strong there since transferring in from uh, BYU. Uh, you get some of the freshmen, Jordan Thomas, Ricky Gibson. Yeah. Um, you would think they're only going to get better. You know, they, they that whole defense, you know, as a whole, you know, you, you had to plug in some guys, some young guys to play. Um, they get, you know, they're going to, get a lot of snaps in that Citrus Bowl, you would assume at this point, because of all the guys that have left. I think the one thing that's good, I know we'll talk about the ball game in a minute, but I think the one thing that, that's good for those guys is you're playing Iowa. So I, I don't think that you're <laughs> you're going to get tested that much through the air, um, but it's going to be a really good opportunity for these guys to get a lot of reps here in, in the bowl practices um, and then obviously in the game itself. So they, I think that they're going to be pretty good uh, by the spring. Um, but it is, I mean, the numbers is kind of, I guess, concerning from a depth standpoint, but, but there's nobody that kind of jumps off the page that is like irreplaceable, I think, at this point. I'm in the same boat. I don't think it should be anything that's too big of a worry. If you were losing guys, like you mentioned, like a Ricky Gibson, who's yeah. young and has looked good and, and is kind of one of those guys of the future, then I think you can start to worry. But <laughs> most of the guys that have entered the portal outside of a Tamara McDonald and Nico Slaughter, who both started a good amount yeah. this year, they didn't really play much and they did, probably didn't have a path to play time next year either. So like you said, for the Iowa game, you maybe lose some depth. Maybe you feel a little, a little thin in that regard in that game. But outside of that going into next year, you, you should feel pretty good. And you mentioned as well, you, you get now an opportunity to play a bunch of young guys in, in this citrus bowl, which I think could be a big deal for the Ricky Gibsons for the Jordan Matthews and, and guys like that who are freshmen, sophomores who, saw the field this year, but maybe not as much as they initially uh, or, or as much as they will by the end of their career. So I'm not concerned about it. We'll see how it develops, but I'm sure Tennessee, uh, they offered a kid from Oregon State today, a defensive back that they, they've reached out to uh, a couple other uh, other defensive backs as well. So there, there's plans to replace them. They have guys on the roster right now who they feel good about. And then freshmen coming in too that, that will be somewhat in the mix as well. So I'm not overly concerned about it. I've seen a lot of people kind of stressed out about the defensive backs hitting the portal, but I don't think it should be too big of a worry at this point. Let's talk about 
guys that could be incoming. So far, Tennessee is yet to pick up a transfer to come into the program for this cycle outside of the offensive line because that's kind of what everyone's going to say. Like, yeah, get those high-caliber offensive linemen then enter the portal. What is the biggest position that you think Tennessee needs to go after? What What is a position that if they got a guy, like an immediate transfer that makes a big impact at this spot, you think it could be a big deal? Yeah, you know, I kind of went over this one for a little bit. I, I'm going to go with tight end um, because, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen the last two seasons how important that position is to this this offense. Um, and I think what, what makes me say tight end is how quickly the staff has gone after tight ends since the portal opened. Um, you know, Jolly from, from UConn picked up an offer almost as soon as he entered the portal, picked up an offer from Tennessee, a guy obviously Tennessee familiar with, played them this year, had a really good game. Uh, Holden Stays from Notre Dame has been on campus already. I think there's been other a few other names floated there that, that Tennessee's potentially gone after. Um, so I think it's important to the staff that they get another tight end, an experienced guy to come in. Um, I don't know that it's a dire need, you know, that'll make or break the offense, obviously, because you do have – Ethan Davis and outside of Nico, you know, he was one of the biggest additions in that 2023 signing class. Uh, we got to see him play a little bit this year in a, in a pretty veteran, you know, room with McCollin Castles and Jacob Warren. And I know, you know, the staff's been very high on him and, and what he, what his ceiling can be. But um, I think they do want a guy that can block and, and has some experience. So I think just based on how they've been maybe a little aggressive going after a tight end, that, that's the kind of the position I'd pick right now. Yeah, it's super important that Tennessee picks up a tight end in this portal class. You mentioned Ethan Davis. Ethan Davis is a really, really good young prospect at tight end, but you really don't have anyone behind him, especially with uh, Jonathan Eccles flipping over to Alex Golish's USF program. I don't think Tennessee feels horrible about that flip. I don't think that's the end of the world for them or, or anyone on campus, but it does give you more of a, an urgency maybe to pick up a tight end out of the portal just because of, you need someone else in that room with Ethan Davis. We've seen uh, every year with Hypel on campus, it's been Jacob Warren and Princeton Fan. It's been Jacob Warren and McCollum Castles, and, and they've liked that one-two punch at that position. I think they're confident next year that Ethan Davis could be one of those guys in the one-two punch. But if you get a hold and stays or, or someone else out of the portal, especially with experience, especially someone that can block at a high level because Ethan Davis is more of a receiving tight end than a blocking tight end, I think that would be huge. Two other spots, I would put them a spot below tight end, but two other spots that I think would be a significant addition, defensive back, specifically cornerback, I I think would be a a really nice pickup for Tennessee just because of what we mentioned. You're likely losing Kamal Haddon. He's flirting around on Twitter with an extra year of eligibility. I'm not sure where that's going to come from. I don't think he'll be back, but but he's saying he, he might have another year. I haven't heard anything leading me to believe that he does, but... He's likely gone. Uh, and, and then you have some of these other guys out of eligibility, like a Jalen McCullough at safety. He's gone to Mary McDonald, your starting star, Nickelback. He's gone to Nico Slaughter, who stepped up for Kamal Haddon. He's gone. So you have a few holes that you do need to fill there. And as we mentioned, a Ricky Gibson, guys like that, are projected to be solid starters next year. But if you can get a guy like a Gabe Judy Lolly out of the portal that's done it, been there, and maybe isn't a star but can fill that role at a, at a good level, I think that would be important. And then the other position is wide receiver. Not the biggest need on earth. Uh, you have guys there. Brew McCoy's a guy that that looks like he is likely going to come back. He hasn't made an announcement yet, but but the the buzz is that he is trending back towards Knoxville at this point. And then you have uh, 
Dante Thornton, who's recovering from an injury. We'll see if he's able to go in the bowl game. Uh, inside the slot, you have Squirrel White, who's, who's going to be a junior next year with a bunch of experience after playing a lot in his first two seasons. And then the redshirt freshman uh, in Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb, and then true freshman Nathan Leacock, and then Mike Matthews, a five-star. So you have guys there, but if there is a big name like a Juice Wells, who, who maybe that isn't the best fit right now, but a big name who, who has proven it at a high level, I don't think that could hurt. Uh, I, I think that that could be a cool addition. So not a need, but maybe a want at wide receiver. But defensive back and tight end for me are, are definitely the two that, that would be pretty crucial ads right now at this point. Let's talk about high school recruiting, though. Signing day coming up on the 20th. Tennessee 2024 class is ranked number 14th in the country right now, according to Rivals.com. Who's a guy in that class that you're excited to see? You may, Maybe he can make this impact as a true freshman. Yeah, you kind of just paved the way, you know, talking about receivers. I'm going to go with Mike Matthews and, you know, maybe a safe and obvious answer there because, you know, the guy's yeah. a five-star, you know, yeah. highly touted recruit coming into this class. But he's also a guy I think has a chance to come in and, and make some sort of impact because, you know, kind of, the, kind of the stuff you just said, when you look at this wide receivers room, I think it's interesting, you know, how it's going to look next year. You know, you, you go back to last year, you lose Jalen Hyatt, you, you lose Cedric Tillman. But there was some some still experience left over this year with Ramel Keaton and Brew mm -hmm. McCoy. Well, now you lose Ramel Keaton. And, you know, like you mentioned, we, we don't know yet what McCoy is going to do. Um, Dante Thornton's going to be coming off of an injury. Uh, you, the three freshmen you mentioned, the guys, they were able to get some playing time this year that, that I think is going to help, you know, serve them really well next year. But I'm excited to see how, how Matthews fits in and, and how early he can see the field next season. And you've got to think, you know, with some of the pieces that are that are leaving and the fact that he's uh, going to be an early enrollee and going to be here through bowl practices and in and, and the spring ball. I mean, I think a lot of that's going to help him next year as well. So he's probably, you know, my top pick to, uh, that I'm probably most excited to see. Yeah, safe pick, but for a reason. He, he's been a stud in his high school career and looks like he's going to be one of the better prospects at wide receiver in the entire country through this class. Another guy that Tennessee signed or hasn't signed yet, but plans on signing here on the 20th, Braylon Staley at a South Carolina four-star receiver. He's got a chance to be really good as well. Gamecocks made a really late push for him, but Tennessee held on strong, and he's going to what looks like be on campus. Of course, you never know until ink hits the paper, but he went through kind of the, the ceremony in front of friends and family of signing for Tennessee. So ha obviously hasn't officially signed, can't until next Wednesday, but – all signs uh, point to him. He, he said this recruitment's been shut down. I am of all. Should be a really cool addition for Tennessee. I think that could be a really good combination out of the 2024 <laughs> class of wide receiver. But a guy that I'm looking out for is Peyton Lewis, running back out of Salem, Virginia, four-star prospect. We'll see what Jabari Small and Jalen Wright want to do. It looks like they're both going to be gone. Uh, NFL for Jalen Wright, maybe a portal for Jabari Small. Another situation where they haven't officially said anything yet but that's just kind of how it's trended so far and and what things have looked like so then you have dylan sampson and cam selden as the one two guys peyton lewis has a chance to be a true freshman like dylan sampson was last year that maybe doesn't play a lot but gets very crucial reps to kind of forward his development as that third guy in the rotation so i think uh that's a guy to look out for, Peyton Lewis. I, I, he could be a fan favorite by the end of next year as one of those young guys that you can kind of tell very quickly he, he's got a lot of potential. So 
it'll be interesting to see what that 2024 class shapes up as officially on signing day. We'll have a bunch of coverage over at VolReport.com, so make sure you go and check it out. Our recruiting writers do a great job covering that. Before we move on to basketball, though, let's talk about this Citrus Bowl against Iowa. We talked about it last week on the show in kind of our, our early preview of it. Have your thoughts changed? We both picked Tennessee. We both picked it to be uglier. Is that still what you're expecting? Yeah, you know, it's it's becoming, uh, like we've talked about, it's a little clear now who Tennessee will and won't have. I know we're, we're still waiting on some names. I'm sure we'll find out here soon because I think Saturday, you know, Tennessee started practice for, for the Bulls. So, um, like I said earlier, I, I think it does help that you're playing an, an offensively inept football team because yeah. you're going to be playing a lot of young guys in the secondary. Um, I, I do think that that helps that they're not that you would ex- expect them not to be challenged that much uh, through the air. Um, I don't think it really changes my opinion too much on how the game will go. You know, it seems like you'll have most of your defensive line back for this game. Um, outside of Tyler Barron. Uh, so I don't think stopping the run is going to be an issue defensively. And it's one of those games where I think it's going to pay off with how many young guys have had to play this year, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, I, I feel really good about even offensively the running backs room, regardless of if you if you don't have um, Jalen Wright, you know, and it, but it is a good Iowa defense on the, on the flip side of that, yeah. which we talked about and expect it to be a, a kind of a low scoring game. But I don't think anything drastic has happened enough yet for me to really change my opinion on it here, I guess less than three weeks before this game, I, I still like Tennessee to win probably in an ugly game because there's really no other way to play Iowa, but uh, I, I still like Tennessee to come out in this game. I, I, th- I think that sounds about right. It should be a good opportunity for some young guys to get a lot of uh, play time, a lot of snaps that maybe they didn't earlier in the year because one, some of them are going to be forced into that role, like in the, in the defensive back slot where a lot of guys just, aren't going to be available to play, but two, it's, it's a bowl game and those only matter so much. So there should be a little bit of an emphasis to see what you have for next year. Obviously you want to win. It would be a a big deal if Tennessee's able to win the citrus bowl against Iowa, but you also, you also, there's bigger things maybe on the horizon. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Tennessee will win this game. I, I think it's not going to be a shootout by any means, but I'll still take the Vols at this point as we're, what, about two and a half weeks away, somewhere around there. But once again, we'll be in, we'll be in Orlando for it. So make sure you head over to VolReport.com for that as well, as we'll have full coverage on that. Let's transition over to basketball, though. Tennessee at this point is 7-3, and three, but your three losses are to Purdue and Kansas on neutral site floors and at Chapel Hill against North Carolina. So not the the – not the worst three losses you could take. And they also have one over a ranked Illinois team on the road at Wisconsin, neutral side against Syracuse. So they've won some solid games as well. Last night, Tennessee played Georgia Southern. First half, awesome. Second half, not so much. What are your thoughts on this season at this point, though? Is this team legit? Yeah, I mean, I I think as good as Dalton Connect has been, I think something that's been – Good to see. It's not entirely been just him. I mean, outside of last night, he's obviously pacing this offense. He's kind of leading the way on that end of the floor. But you look at what Jonas Adu's been able to do, you know, a ton of consistency out of him. You've had a lot of consistency from Josiah Jordan-James. You know, I I think we're still kind of waiting for that to happen with with Santiago Vescovi and Zakai Ziegler, you know, to kind of find that consistency as well in the the starting five. But, you know, they, they both had some really good moments. Uh, when you look at that Illinois game last week, 
Um, I think you give them a little bit of leeway because Ziegler's coming off of, you know, a pretty mm. bad injury from last season at the ACL tear. Um, and obviously Vescovy had some, you know, family things to deal with, right? Right. Really essentially as the season was starting. And then Jemai Meshek, who, who started the season. Now he's a guy, you know, the kind of the first guy off the bench and, and playing that role really well, I think, too. Um, but I think the good thing is, too, you, you've got three or four games here to keep figuring that out. And you're not mm -hmm. you're not going to be facing the caliber of players that you did against Kansas, Purdue, North Carolina, night in and night out in the SEC. I mean, that doesn't that's not that it's a good league. It's a very good league. Uh, you, I mean, we've we've seen this Tennessee team. You go back to last year and, and losing some of those midweek games like at Vandy, mm -hmm. uh, albeit on a, on a kind of a last second three pointer, but. Um, you're certainly capable of you, – you can't afford to take nights off in this in this league, so I'm not really saying that. But I think the toughest part of your schedule is behind you. You know, you didn't you didn't win three of those games. You lost those three, but you beat Illinois. And like you said, there's, there's worse losses to have. Those aren't going to really punish Tennessee. And I think the experience of it is going to pay off. But I, I, think, I think it's going to prepare them really well uh, when SEC play gets here. I, I think the team's in a, in a pretty good spot right now. Next up, you're traveling to San Antonio to play NC State. Then at home, you have Tarleton State and Norfolk State before you begin SEC play against Ole Miss. So three games that probably should be wins. NC State, Power 6 program on a neutral floor. You can't take that for granted. You have to show up to, to win that game. But Tennessee should feel pretty good heading into SEC play here where their record will likely, once again, likely, you still have to play the games, but should be about 10-3. and three. And I, I think you feel pretty good about that spot if you're Tennessee. Before the season started, I don't think either of us picked Tennessee to make their first ever Final Four, but I think we both said Elite Eight is where we think this team could go. But we left the door open. This team is Final Four caliber. This team but, could be at that point and make the program's first Final Four. Do you still think that, despite the early losses to those really solid programs early in the season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know you can say this about a lot of teams in, in college basketball. Um but when this Tennessee team is clicking, they're they're incredibly elite. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, the second half of that Illinois game was a good example of that. Not just the way Dalton took over, but everyone contributed there to build that lead and go on that run that really decided the game. And you pick up a really solid win there against a good Illinois team. Um, but I think the only issue with them right now is, and I go back to what Rick Barnes was asked about last night, and it was about consistency. And I think, I think he was asked, like, well, is there any kind of frustration that you're 10 games into the season and you're still having to talk about consistency with a mm -hmm. roster that's very experienced? Um, I, I do think that's maybe a little bit of a concern. Um, you know, you, you do want to see eventually um, guys like Vescovy, you know, be a little bit more consistent, you know, give you more what he did against Illinois instead of doing it every other game, you know. And I think that will happen eventually. But, yeah, I, I think – you know, the ceiling of this team is final four or, or better. And when they're playing really, really well, and we've seen that this year at times, um, it's just a matter of playing at that level when it matters most. And, and right now it, it's not too bad. You know, you don't have, there's not too much pressure, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. for that, but um, yeah, come March, if they can play at, at the level that they're capable of, it definitely is a team that can get there. But yeah, when they're, when they're playing that way, I, I feel pretty confident in saying it's a final four caliber basketball team. And it could be a peak at the right time type of situation. I think one of the coaches even said that. They were like, it's cool to be good right now, but what matters is how good you are in March and then ultimately in April if you're lucky enough to make it that far. So it's still early. We'll see what Tennessee shapes up as. I understand some of the disappointment that you lost in those games because you're competitive in all of them, 
it was down to the last few possessions against Purdue and Kansas. And then if you didn't just have an absolutely horrible first half against North Carolina, you probably win that game because of how well you played in the second half. Yeah. So uh, I understand why you wish you would have won one of those games in the three game stretch. But I think that Illinois game, as you pointed out, is a big deal because you see how they finish that second half and kind of what this team looks like when they're playing at a really high level. Last thing about basketball. Who surprised you at this point? That can be positive or negative. Who's maybe someone you didn't think that would be playing at this high of a level or this low of a level through 10 games? Yeah, I'm going to go with the positive side here because I think there's been a few <laughs> positive surprises with this team so far. And I'm going to go with Josiah Jordan-James. I, I know we've said it a lot at this point, but he, I, I, mean, I do think he is playing his best basketball in his Tennessee career right now. <laughs> um they're getting the most out of him. I think among the veterans, he's he's been the best guy that they've had. Um, he's healthy finally, which has helped a lot. I know at this point last year, before conference play, he didn't play much. You know, he was sidelined a lot. There were different stretches. Even further into SEC play, he had to miss like I think three or four games. So you're getting a lot of really good basketball out of him. Um, I know last night wasn't really a banner night really for, for any of the starters, but James has been, outside of that, has been really consistent for this team. You've seen – Dalton, you know, take over stretches, but but Josiah's had stretches like that too, where he's taken over games. You go back to North Carolina, that game you just mentioned, he was a big part of that second half comeback effort, you know, and it kind of gets a little overshadowed because Dalton Connect mm -hmm. had a just an insanely great night with 37 points, but Josiah had 20, you know, and he was he was a big part of that game as well. Um, and I think you've seen a lot of that. I mean, you saw it on on Saturday again too, um, where he he's that that experience is kind of taking over for him. I think. The fact that he's healthy right now is helping, but he's playing really good. And I think you expected that. I mean, obviously, Tennessee was, was really happy to have him back when he decided to, to come back for another year and kind of um, withdraw from the NBA draft process. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of expected him to play well. But I think he's, I think he's exceeded expectations for everybody. I'll take Jonas Adu. And that's maybe been more of a recent development than at the beginning of the year but it doesn't help that he played Zach Eady and all of those elite big men, Hunter Dickinson, uh, Armando Baycott. But now he's really finding his groove, obviously 29 points last night against Georgia Southern. I want to look at his stats a little bit though, just to look, I, I mean, you can very easily tell the jump in play that he's had this year. First of all, points per game, 12.1 so far this season, only 5.1 last year and then 2.1 as a freshman so a big jump up for him so far this year, more than doubling it through 10 games. And then shooting the ball, it's been much more efficient, 53.3% from the field. He's even hitting on more three-pointers and shooting it at a much or, or taking a lot more attempts than he was last year. Last year, five for 18 on the entire season on three-pointers. This year, he's already taken 11 and he's made three of them. So maybe not a shot that he's hunting out, but you can't leave him open. He, he's willing to take it, and he is knocking them down. Getting to the free throw line much more as well, which is a big deal. Already matched his total of free throws attempted from last year at 28, and he's hitting at a very similar clip. So that's good to see. And then rebounding. You're the starting center. You've got to come up with a bunch of rebounds. 4.9 last year, 7.5 this year protecting the rim 1.8 blocks per game, which is 0.5 more than a year ago. So you can just open up the stat the stat book, and you can immediately tell that Jonas Adu is playing at a much higher level this year than he ever has before in his career. And I, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be playing at this level. I didn't think it was going to be bad by any means. But to be a consistent scoring option for Tennessee, 
I, I didn't necessarily expect that. So hats off to Jonas Adu and the start to the season that he's had to begin uh, his junior campaign. R- really good stuff from him as this basketball team is going to be heading to San Antonio next or this Saturday to play NC State. 10 p.m. Eastern is going to be the tip-off time, so make sure you get some coffee brewing in the morning because it'll be a late night at the AT&T Center. Make sure you head to VolReport.com, though. We will have all the coverage for the basketball season, men's and women's. Baseball is always having news break as well with Tony Vitello at the top of the program, and then football, of course, always making headlines. So head over to VolReport.com. Links to everything you need is in the description, and thank you for watching.